Howdy, friends. This is Matt Sewell, and you're listening to episode 58 of the Popecast, the only podcast about popes for people who love history and a good story, but have neither the time nor the interest to pick up dry, dusty history books. A hearty shout out, of course, to our sponsors again over at Catholic Bombco this week. And a quick heads up that if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day that this episode releases, there's still time to head over to the Popecast Instagram page and enter to win a super special giveaway of some of Catholic Bombco's newest offerings, along with a copy of Pope St. John Paul II's great book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, and two limited edition Popecast stickers. The giveaway ends Thursday night at midnight Pacific time, so don't miss your chance to get your entries in. If nothing else, though, be sure to head over to catholicbalm.co to check out their great variety of products, and be sure to enter the word Pope at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So once again, that's catholicbalm.co and the word P-O-P-E, Pope at checkout. Thanks again to Catholic Balm Co. for sponsoring the Popecast. Our Pope this week wasn't around for long, but the time he did spend in office left its mark. He entered the chair of Peter at a dicey time in Christian history and dealt immediately with an arch-nemesis from within the church to boot. He was eventually killed for his faith, but not before encouraging his followers to not be afraid and to not lose hope. This week on the Popecast, it's the Pope who won a contested election, Pope St. Cornelius. More than 1,800 years ago, at least in all likelihood, the future Pope Cornelius was born around Rome, around the turn of the 3rd century AD. As was the case for so many early popes, next to nothing else is known about the early life of this 21st Bishop of Rome. Where history picks up the story is March in the year 251 AD. It had been over a year since Pope St. Fabian, Pope number 20, and episode number 4 of the Popecast had been martyred as a victim of the brutal Decian persecutions in Rome, in his case, on January 20th, 250. In the time that followed, the Roman clergy purposely waited to elect a new successor of Peter, in part until the oppression led up, but also because their preferred candidate, Moses, no, not that Moses, was in prison. By March 251, the persecutions had trailed off, but Moses had since died. The Roman priest Novation was the next man in line, or at least so he thought, but when the election was convened, it was Cornelius who emerged victorious. The great St. Cyprian, then the Bishop of Carthage and a great friend and contemporary to Cornelius, wrote about the occasion, describing it as, quote, by the judgment of God and of Christ, by the testimony of almost all the clergy, by the vote of the people then present, by the consent of aged priests and of good men, at a time when no one had been made before him, when the place of Fabian, that is, the place of Peter, and the step of the sacerdotal chair were vacant. End quote. Now, as you might imagine, Novation was pretty upset, and in fact set himself up as an antipope in opposition to Cornelius almost immediately, just the second in the young church's history. The reason why we'll get into in just a minute, but Cyprian went on to describe his friend, the new pontiff, and the situation in which he found himself, saying, quote, What fortitude! in his acceptance of the episcopate, what strength of mind, what firmness of faith, that he took his seat intrepid in the sacerdotal chair, at a time when the tyrant in his hatred of bishops was making unspeakable threats, when he heard with far more patience that a rival prince was arising against him, than that a bishop of God was appointed at Rome. End quote. 
Now, back to Novation. The rival prince, who was rising against Cornelius, he was more than just a little put off at being passed over for the job, and so after initially contesting the election itself, had himself consecrated as the so-called pope, an anti-pope, in fact, again, by his supporters, breaking the church effectively in two. The issue at hand were those referred to as the lapsi, or the lapsi, basically those Christians who, when ordered by the emperor to perform ritual sacrifice to the Roman gods, renounced their Christian faith out of fear of imminent death, and who later, once the persecution had passed, wished to come back into full communion with the church. Now, Novation was more of a rigorist when it came to this. Not only should the lapsi maybe not ever be readmitted at all, but they should be completely banished from the Christian community while the proceedings were being sorted out. Cornelius, on the other hand, was a bit more pragmatic, resembling, dare I say, a certain sandal-clad Jew from the first century whose name rhymes with Schmizus. At any rate, the rightful Pope, as Matthew Bunsen writes in his book The Pope Encyclopedia, quote, favored a moderate view, seeing such harshness as undesirable, cruel, and impractical, end quote. Before long, thankfully, St. Cyprian came to the aid of the Pope, securing him the support of over 100 bishops in Africa, along with the influence of St. Dionysius the Great, then the Patriarch of Alexandria, and as a result, with this support from the East, the Novation Schism was relatively short-lived. One of the surprising fruits of that period, though, which we find from a letter of Cornelius to a wavering bishop in Antioch hesitant to support him, is the size of the church at Rome, along with an estimate of just how many Christians resided in the Eternal City already, just two and a half centuries in. The Catholic Encyclopedia notes that, quote, We incidentally learn that in the Roman Church there were 46 priests, seven deacons, seven subdeacons, 42 acolytes, 52 exorcists and porters, and over 1,500 widows and persons in distress. From this, some historians estimated the number of Christians in Rome at 50,000, end quote. Barely a year into Cornelius' papacy, around the middle of the year 252, a new Roman persecution burst forth. Cornelius, along with a host of other Christians, were arrested and instantly exiled to Centumcelle, a coastal town northwest of Rome now known as Savita Vecchia. He died a martyr the following June, in 253 AD. St. Cyprian, who would follow his friend in receiving the crown of martyrdom just a few years later, wrote of the Pope's exile and death, quote, It cannot be sufficiently declared how great was the exultation and how great the joy here when we had heard of your success and bravery that you had stood forth as a leader of confession to the brethren there, so that, while you precede them to glory, you have made many your companions in glory and have persuaded the people to become a confessor by being first prepared to confess on behalf of all. Among you, the courage of the bishop going before has been publicly proved, and the unitedness of the brotherhood following has been shown. As with you, there is one mind and one voice. The whole Roman church has confessed. End quote. Following his death, Cornelius's remains were brought back to Rome and buried in the catacombs alongside his papal predecessors, and he was venerated as a saint almost immediately. In fact, as early as 450 AD, barely 200 years later, there was already a church, probably multiple, consecrated to St. Cornelius. During the Middle Ages, some of his relics were taken to Germany, including his head, which was claimed by the Cornula Munster Abbey near Aachen. Yes, in case anyone was wondering, Catholics are weird. At any rate, devotion to Cornelius grew greatly in modern-day Germany in particular. He was even known as one of the four holy marshals during the Middle Ages in the Rhineland, along with St. Corinus of Neuss, St. Hubert, 
patron of hunters and source of the Jägermeister logo, seriously, look that up, and St. Anthony the Great, the famed hermit and desert father. One of Cornelius' patronages is apparently that of lovers, thanks to a legend attributed to him that describes two young people in love. One was an artist commissioned to decorate a chapel dedicated to Cornelius in Neuss, Germany, and the other was a daughter of a local official. The father objected to the marriage, refusing to consent unless the Pope did. As the story goes, the statue of Cornelius in the chapel miraculously then leaned toward the couple and blessed them, and they reportedly lived happily ever after. St. Cornelius is also known as the patron of earaches, epilepsy, fevers, twitching, cattle, and other domestic animals. His name actually means battle horn in Latin, and as a result, he's frequently depicted with either a cow's horn in hand or a cow nearby. The Roman Catholic Church celebrates the feast of Pope St. Cornelius on September 16th, the same day as that of his friend Cyprian. And that's not the only thing they share. Those attending Mass may hear those two names in tandem during the Eucharistic prayer. As it goes, right after reading the names of the Twelve Apostles, the priest will recite Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas, and Damian. And of course, the Cornelius and Cyprian in that list are the very same that we've been talking about today on the Popecast. So to close out our bio here on the Pope who won a contested election, here's an excerpt from a real live letter of Pope St. Cornelius to Cyprian, written in the year 251 AD and giving us, by way of the words of those rejoining the church after Novation's revolt was defeated, a very early indicator of the primacy of the Pope as head of the young, fledgling Catholic Christian Church. Here's Cornelius. Quote, A great concourse of the brotherhood was assembled. There was one voice from all, giving thanks to God. All were expressing the joy of their heart by tears, embracing them as if they had this day been set free from the penalty of the dungeon. And to quote their very own words, we, they say, know that Cornelius is bishop of the most holy Catholic Church, elected by Almighty God and by Christ our Lord. We confess our error. We have suffered imposture. We were deceived by captious perfidy and loquacity. For although we seemed, as it were, to have held a kind of communion with a man who was a schismatic and a heretic, yet our mind was always sincere in the church. For we are not ignorant that there is one God, that there is one Christ the Lord, whom we have confessed, and one Holy Spirit, and that in the Catholic Church there ought to be one bishop. End quote. Now, for those keeping score at home, that was written 1,769 years ago. Dang. Well, that's a wrap on this bio of the great Pope St. Cornelius. As always, please join us on Patreon, of course, to get early access to these uh, and, and other new episodes and other fun benefits, depending on your tier, by going to patreon.com slash thepopecast. Also, on a related note, a hearty thank you to our newest patrons who have come on board since our last new episode. We're really, really grateful for your support. Uh, it allows us, obviously, to, to continue to set aside the time uh, to create these great little bios on papal history. And once again, for a buck or two an episode or more, if you like, you can join the community, too, at patreon.com slash thepopecast. And aside from that, be sure to drop us a rating and review if you haven't already over at iTunes. If you liked this episode, it makes sure that more folks like yourselves can find and listen to the show. And then as soon as you're finished listening today, don't forget to hit that share button on your podcast or Spotify app and text this episode to a friend that you think might like it too. Well, thanks again, as always, to our listeners, new and old, but especially those who have found us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can catch us there in between new episodes at The Popecast in all three of those locations. 
for lots of other great stuff. So as we head out today, let us ask for the prayers of Pope St. Cornelius, for the strength to hold fast to the truth and to be a beacon to those around us, even when we may be persecuted for it. Until next time. <music>